So the big question is this. Are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets, and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time, and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and I am so thankful that you're here today. As I'm recording this, it is September 11th, and I I want to start this episode out by reading something that we just posted on Facebook that I truly believe represents America and truly who we should be. So I posted this, and this was a great... Um, quote by Martin Luther King Jr. is, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Taking a couple of minutes to craft a never forget post because it's the thing to do and then returning to an attitude of division and shouting at your fellow Americans shows that you've already forgotten. Many Americans have never felt a greater sense of unity to their fellow citizens than in the days following the attacks of September 11, 2001. Despite differing opinions, religions, and skin colors, we stood as a country united by an unthinkable tragedy, and we rose up together as Americans. The only way to truly honor the thousands of lives lost on September 11th is to not talk about unity and remembrance, but be about it. We can honor these tragic deaths by being a productive and meaningful member of society. Not just today, but every day. You will be a better person for it, and we will be a better country because of it. I just want to take a minute to pause and let that sink in. Guys, I am so thankful that you're here. We live in the greatest country ever. Um, we have so many opportunities to be successful and to do business and to work and toil and become anything that you set your mind to it. I truly believe it in, in my heart that if you set your mind to something and you believe in it with all your might, with all all your passion with everything that you are, you can be successful. So guys, a couple things going on in the Kahuna world. First of all, I am super excited to announce, this is a big announcement, okay? Woo, 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 woo. Big announcement. We are creating the Apartments to Millions Summit uh, event coming in April 8th, 9th, and 10th. And I'm going to tell you right now, you are going to want to save the date for those three days, April 8th, 9th, and 10th in Phoenix. 
The Apartments to Million Summit is where you're going to be able to find all your deals, all your money, all your partners. It is going to be the best multifamily networking event um, in 2021. I promise you, we do not do it crappy. We only do things first class. And this is going to be an award-winning networking event with great speakers, with great information, with great teaching, and great people. I mean, investors with money, deals, syndicators, um, potential partners. Everything that you will need to do an apartment deal will be at this event. So I highly encourage you to save the date. We're not ready to market it yet. We just booked our hotel. We are getting ready to plan something truly Kahuna style, and it will be epic. That I promise you. And then lastly... Listen, I love it when you guys take the time to go to iTunes and give me a five-star review. Okay, you know I love them. So get out there, and, and, and if this podcast is making a difference in your life, let us know because it truly makes a difference in my attitude, my happiness. So I like to get excited about it. All right, so my next guest today is one we've had him, we've had him on the show before, but I wanted to bring him back on the show because he really had a concept that uh, we were talking about it, and It really made a lot of sense. And so our guest is Chris Miles. He's the anti-financial advisor. He teaches entrepreneurs and professionals how to get their money working for them. He's also an author and a podcast host of the Chris Miles Money Show. And he's been featured in U.S. News, CNN, Money. His company, Money Ripples, uh, helps get his clients fast financial results. So in this episode, we're going to talk really about getting your money to pay you twice. Getting your money to pay your t- pay you twice. It is a great concept. And so with that, let's welcome Chris to the show. Chris, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, it's good to be on, Corey. Before we started the show, you were really kind of telling me about the, the subject we want to talk about. And it's getting your money to pay you twice. Yeah. And I would love to learn that trick and i think a lot of people in the audience would love to learn how to get your money to pay you twice so tell me more about that how does that work you know it's it's interesting because like i thought like every investor knew about this so i thought you know even when i would go to like big mastermind groups i'm like you guys probably know this stuff and i was shocked to find that most real estate investors don't or at least don't know how it really works right um so i mean not it's not too much of a mystery you hear people talk about like you know, infinite banking, whole life insurance, things like that, right? Like that's not the first time it's been pitched out there, but they've got a lot of these typical insurance agents that are out there, right? They're just pitching a crap, you know, they're pitching a product and and they don't think from an investor perspective, right? They don't think like, how can this really work? And, uh, and for me, honestly, most insurance guys, yeah, I'm saying most insurance guys only think with what's in it for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) How do and I make they try to pitch it to you like what this is some long-term game, right? Like, right. hey, you keep putting money in this and eventually be able to retire. It's like, well, dude, I can buy real estate and retire way better than any yeah. product you could possibly offer me, right? Um, and, and remember, I wasn't always that mentality. I started out as that traditional financial advisor almost 19 years ago. You know, I did that for four years, realized nobody was retiring off of it. So I quit. And then that's when I met real estate investors who did do it. So I like to go with the evidence, right? Yeah. Um, and it was actually from those real estate investors, they started talking about using whole life insurance. But it never made sense in my mind because I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's like tug of war. Like it's competing with your dollars, right? Because they're trying to say, throw your money over here, but that means I'm not accelerating my money in real estate, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and they were yep. talking about like after 10, 15 years, maybe you can use it. 
I'm like, well, that's, that's screw that. You know, like <laughs> I want money working now. Yeah. Um, and over the years I started to really get into it more and more. And I've been insurance licensed for those, that same period of time. Right. But then I started to find a way to do it where you can minimize your cost of the insurance to where almost all your money goes to cash. And that money can be used to be redirected into your real estate. Now you think, okay, well, so what? Like this, it's just filtering money. It sounds like money laundering almost, right? It's not money laundering, yeah. but right. like you're just filtering money through. But this is what I learned is that when I started to do that method versus just using my savings or checking account, I almost created this tax-free supercharged savings account. Because when I ran my money through there, what happens is that the money's still in there, right? Because let's take an example. Say you've got, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars in there, right? Yep. If you had a couple hundred thousand sitting in your savings account. A couple hundred thousand dollars sitting in our savings. That, yeah. That we're saying? If you have it yep. sitting in your savings anyway, like a normal savings account, you pull hundred thousand out to go and invest. Maybe you put it into a, a, you know, a syndication or a multifamily project, right? Yep. Now that hundred thousand will not earn interest other than in the syndication. So your hundred thousand, your savings lost interest. Now, granted, your savings accounts, especially right now, are like point nothing percent. Yep. Um, but what happened is, I realized, like, wait, if I did the same thing with life insurance and minimize the cost to where I have just as much money as I put in, or more than a savings account within a few years, and that money's still there, growing all of it. So when I use the money there, I'll end up borrowing from the insurance company that $100,000, right? So that $200,000 is still there earning tax-free, you know, five plus percent interest, right? Right. But now I've got this other money out here that I borrow from the insurance company, like a line of credit with no payment, you know, nothing like that. I can go and invest it. So therefore I'm making money in the investment and my money's still earning compound interest inside this policy at the same time. And so just like I showed a guy yesterday, what ended up happening is that he said, well, Chris is not making sense because I'm borrowing. I have to pay interest to them. I'm like, you do. You pay interest to them. Don't believe all the insurance guys that say you pay interest to yourself. That's bull crap. Like, you actually do pay interest to an institution. You know, you do pay to an insurance company, usually about 5%. He's like, but the numbers don't seem to make sense. I was like, well, the key is my money's compounding in here tax free. Well, when I'm using the cash flow from the investment, the quarterly returns and things like that, mm-hmm. that's paying down the loan. That actually means that the interest being charged goes down. Well, the interest I'm, re- I'm earning goes up. And so it creates this huge spread. It kind of goes like this, right? And so what ends up happening is I showed him, I said, here's the numbers after like so many years of you know, doing your, your real estate investment, paying it back in with your cash flow to build up your savings to reinvest again, right? Always cycling the money to keep reinvesting. Cool thing was he would have to earn, a, and he was in a low tax bracket, he'd have to earn 6.6% on his savings account to match what I was doing with my life insurance policy. The same thing that he would do for himself. And that was like that epiphany that I had even a few years back is, wait a minute, this is huge. Like I was just trying to use my savings account, but if I can make money in two places at once where it adds, so say that, you know, your, your syndication gets an IRR of, of, you know, 16, 17%, right? Yep. You know, 12, by the way, it's 12 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll keep it conservative, right? Say it's 12%, right? Well, if you're making at least another 4% on top of it, it means you're getting a total of 16% of that money because it's making money in two places at the same yep. time. Yeah. Now, that's that's very interesting. I've never seen that idea like that. So now, is this typically what kind of policy is it? A uh, What kind of policy are you talking about? Yeah, it's usually whole life. Um, but I like to refer to my method as more of like a max ROI, infinite right. bank, right? Um, right? There's a lot of infinite bankers out there that talk about that. I don't know what infant banking is either. So this is how far I've been out of the uh, that this space. Yeah, but I'm really interested because I want to. I just have questions as me personally, just asking them that probably listeners would have. So 
we take this money, mm-hmm. this we'll call it a hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah. I'm gonna go buy whole life insurance that has a cash value. Yep. Right mm-hmm. now, you're saying to try to get a cheap cost. Tell me what what does that mean? Yeah. So most whole life policies, the big criticism against them, right? And this is what I had to get some too, is that in the first year, if you buy a normal whole life policy from an agent or even from an insurance company, right? Um, mm-hmm. That first year, all of your money goes to insurance costs, right? right? So whole life is almost the opposite of term insurance. You know how term insurance gets more expensive over time? Yep. Whole life is front loaded and then gets cheaper over time. Mm-hmm. And so you have this huge cost. So the first two years, and, I, and this was my first whole life policy I bought even from these guys that referred me, these real estate guys referred me to these insurance agents, right? My mm-hmm. first whole life policy, I put in $25,000 over two years and I had like zero cash in there. Zero cash right. value. Zero, zero cash value. Because it all right. went to fees, which includes their commissions, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why you sell whole life policies in the game was to make big fees. Yeah. But they're not talking about the other piece, which you're going to talk about, like how to make it really work. This is... This yeah. is really a wealth strategy that wealthy people truly use. Mm-hmm. And, and mo- I'll tell you, most mind. wealthy people aren't even doing it to this level, even this well, because, again, they get referred to people that make big checks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what I found is, and I was actually referring people to another insurance guy a few years back, and then um, an investor said, Chris, I need you to teach my people how to do this. He had his own podcast. He had his own you know, investments and whatnot. And uh, when I came out, uh, kind of out of retirement, right, because I was able to retire myself financially independent in 2016, Um, so I didn't even need it. I was like working five hours a week, doing my own podcast show, you know, and things like that. And yeah. And he's like, Hey, I want you to teach my people. I'm like, dude, unless it's, I don't want to go more than like five hours a week. If it stays about five hours a week or so, I'm good. Right. Yep. When I came out, I found out that even the guy I was referring to that I thought was the best in the industry wasn't doing as good as he could have. Because I found out like when you tweak certain numbers, you can reduce costs. So instead of a hundred percent going in the first year or two, right. To costs. Um, the first year I can get the cost down to like twenty percent, you know. So if you, oh, wow. so if you throw in fifty thousand bucks that first year, you have about forty, you know, forty-two thousand dollars in there in cash that you can use and leverage. Instead of zero, you got forty-two thousand, right? Um, you right. put in another fifty thousand. The next year, you got about another forty-four, forty-five thousand going in. So now right. you're already up to like eighty-six thousand plus instead of right. zero or a thousand bucks. Right, right, and then typical. And so, and then, so that's the key to that is to get the cash value up quickly. Because then you take that money and borrow it. Yep. Right. Yep. And then go put that in an investment. Right. Yep. And then, so now you've got just the cash value policy uh, doing its thing, uh, making its own return. Usually, what between five and six is usually what they're paying. Is that Mm -hmm. about right? That's right. Right, and then you can find another place where you can get twelve mm-hmm. or something like that. Now, typically, how long can you get that loan for? However long you want. Um, there, so it's kind of like it's like a Roth IRA, a savings account, and a HELOC all in one. Right. Okay. Yep. The savings account because it's very liquid, you can get to the cash within about a week if you need it. You know, so it's not like a Roth IRA with all these, you know, fifty nine and a half rules and all that kind of crap. Right. Or you're not uh-huh. looking at six thousand a year. The truth is, you can actually put in up to. 25% of your stated gross annual income per year is the, the Okay, so I got some questions. I want to make sure yeah. that I I'm a buy I'm a Art uh I Art Williams uh Oh yeah. Uh, Primerica buy term, term invest the difference. Invest the difference right? Yeah. That was how I was indoctrinated into the business. So Yeah. Uh I'm going to put I'm going to put that hat on a little bit cuz mm-hmm. I just want to 
in my mind uh, understand this because I I understand what you're saying now, which is different than I've ever heard anybody talk about, yeah. right? And I'm starting to like, okay, I'm, sw- I'm swimming around in it here for a minute. So, so as I grow my cash value, mm-hmm. now eventually I die or something like something yeah. happens, right? Then what do we get? Do we then then you get the death benefit, uh, whatever it is at that okay. point, you know, minus any loans you took out. So to answer your question about the loans, the the mm-hmm. due date, the balloon payment that's due is death. <laughs> okay, and they just take that so, they pay it out with a death benefit. If with, you're always taking your money back out mm-hmm. and then you die, yep. that's what you have. Yeah, yeah. So so for example, there's difference. The the death benefit's always higher than the cash you have in there, right? Let's say I invest in a syndication like mine. Yeah. Right. Am I investing as an individual or is am I investing as as the uh, insurance funds or something like that? So yeah, when I borrow money, I'm borrowing it. I'm borrowing it as Corey Peterson. Yeah, you do, you do as Corey. Peterson. Okay, so my investment's paying account. Corey Peterson money in return. Plus, I'm making the death benefit as a return as well. Right. So any you know depreciation tax benefit <coughs> you pass on, you get like normal, just like you if you paid out your checking your savings. Okay. Now yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm following you. I, I totally get it. And you're what you're also saying it too is because let's say you have your premiums that you pay every year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to have enough. You keep growing your the value, your cash value. Now you're investing that money. You're making enough returns to even cover the cost of your insurance. Yeah, year year over year. Right? Usually so by the your, third year or so, you you can cover the cost of your insurance already. Like you're basically okay. net gaining in your policy. But if you do die somewhere in between, mm-hmm. your death benefits and that's tax free. Yeah, and the money growing in there is also tax free, just like a Roth. Uh, the only difference is. You, the investment doesn't go inside the policy, right? Like, like your syndication yes, is not like yes, self-directed yes, IRA. Exactly. That's the, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There, you don't you don't lose anything. Because that money is off the side. Like it's not even do, to do with anything about what's going on with the insurance. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's perfect for real estate investing, especially. Um, you know, it can work for other things, even short-term stuff. But no, but that's still a good way to. I mean, you get you get the best of both worlds. I mean, so like yeah. as a rich person's, you know, when you start thinking and working like. Wealthy people do, mm-hmm. and I'm talking super wealthy. They do this at a whole different level, right. but it's the same concepts yep. that wealthy people use to play the game and to transfer wealth as well. Yeah, right. Exactly. Transferring wealth is just as important from generation, like let's call it the Heinz. You know, it's not ketchup. I mean, it is ketchup, <laughs> but Heinz Corporation, like they, that's or you know, I'm thinking about even like. Name a cereal brand, Kellogg's, right? Yeah. The Kellogg's, like not the company, but like the people. Yeah. They're all rich. The Waltons from Walmart. Yeah. They are playing the strategy to give people, to pass on their generational wealth as well. Yeah. And even make leverage. income at the same time. Yeah. Even banks. I mean, uh, I mean, I remember during the Great Recession, I mean, there was banks like Wells Fargo. They had 23% of their assets, their liquid money, sitting in life insurance accounts like this, Right. They were wow. throwing their money in here to keep it safe because, I mean, when we were watching the, all the interest rates drop like a rock lately, you know, you know, my my policy still, you know, pays like what it's been paying. It's still, yeah. you know, most companies are still paying between five and six percent a year tax free. Yeah. You know, um, by the way, we compare that to the stock market. The stock market only returns after you've paid all your fees and everything else, right? Maybe you know uh, about six and a half percent or so. Even if you're in the S P five hundred, that's the average for the last thirty years when you factor in fees. That's not counting when you take out taxes, right? Right. This is tax free, so this is almost like earning seven, eight percent a year, not six and a half. You could even 
exceed the stock market potentially and and not have to worry about all the market risks, all the bipolar nature because Trump sneezes a tweet, a tweet on Twitter and the yeah. market loses. And the market goes responds good or bad or ugly or whatever it is, right? Yeah. It's, um, that's if you do nothing with it. But when you invest with it, that's the whole game changer. That's when you start creating acceleration of money and wealth. I've never heard this concept talked and touched on. I don't know why, but I mean, this this is it makes really good sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I would have... And I think I'm a pretty smart guy, but I'm like, that's actually pretty damn smart. <laughs> it's I hear that all the time. And that's what shocked me. Even at that high-level mastermind group that I'm part of with real estate investors, what shocked me is that very few had ever, ever heard of this strategy, Even not even my strategy, because mine's more rare, because I do that minimal cost max ROI. Yes. Uh, but even the traditional... Well, that's the caveat for me, that like for people like me, they're like, oh... Well, that's that makes really good sense. Yeah. But even for the most other people that were waiting three or four years just to get the cash value built up, then to do it right. Right. So, and I, yeah. I haven't even changed my strategy with it lately too. Like I, I now earmark a certain portion of it as my emergency reserves. You know, because I remember, uh, you know, February, my wife, she's like, I feel something's coming. She's like, I feel like we need to have more cash reserves sitting on the side. I'm like, well, how much? She said, well, I think we should have two hundred grand just sitting in savings. I'm mm-hmm. like. 200 grand saying savings. If we're earning 0.1% in our savings account, that's 200 bucks a year of interest I'm earning on 200 grand. I could yeah. be way better investing that. And I said, Yeah, well, let's, go broke let's, safely. Yeah, grow, yeah. I was like, Well, let's, let's make a compromise here. And she was, by the way, she was a Dave Ramsey teacher. So she was okay. all about buy term invested difference, right? I said, Well, let's do this. Like, we've got cash inside of our life insurance account that she kind of just tried to ignore. She's like, I just don't understand it, you know? Well, I said, let's keep three quarters or two thirds of that money sitting there earmarked just for emergency reserves because we can get to it in a week. Let that mm-hmm. sit there. That's going to grow tax free. Oh, by the way, um, this is another thing key for investors. In most states, it's 100% protected from lawsuits and creditors. So you could have millions of dollars in here. People cannot sue you and get to this money. Isn't that how OJ still has money? <laughs> I probably, who knows, maybe. I actually think I read an article that the first thing his lawyers did was make sure that he took all his money mm-hmm. and put it in some type of insurance product to make sure that he would always have money. Yeah, because they call it. I could be wrong, but I'm almost, I'm almost damn certain that's what he did. It, it, I would not be surprised. Like that's that's a, a common strategy that a lot of you know wealthy already have been using, right? So when you know you're guilty, yeah. But the cool thing is, like now the reserves we have sitting aside, even though we now lowered it from two hundred thousand, like one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty. Now yeah. we got more money out like, working the markets again. But you know, we were we're like, hey, at least we got a good chunk, hundred grand plus, sitting here earning four, five percent plus tax free. Tax free. free. Tax and free is the, key the rest word. of the money is sitting in the bank, and we can get too quickly. You know, that other yeah. third or quarter, right? And uh, right. It's, so even if you have money sitting, and then you still have death benefits and all the other things that go along with it. So just in case there's something to happen someone's better off for it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Chris, you know, gets in a wreck tomorrow and is no longer with us. There's a death benefit tax-free right. as well. That's going to overexceed what the uh, total cash value policy was anyways. That's right. So, you got it. Dude, that's, that's a huge strategy. I mean, where did you find that? Like what, like what went on with what event caused you to be like, Oh, this is, this is a good idea. And, and then you put your little tweak on it. Well, you know, I, like like I said, I was the traditional financial advisor before, right? But I used to have people investing more in mutual fund type stuff. Even if they yep. did life insurance, I would have them do it in the stock market, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I remember, like, so when I met those guys in 2006, when I started going the real estate route, I quit being a financial advisor because I was like, those guys are broke. 
You guys are millionaires. I'm going to follow yeah. that path, right? And by the way, that's a great story. I mean, I've, we've had you on the show before. We talked about it. But I just yeah. want to, uh, just for anybody, that's, it's been a while since I've had you on, just to re- yeah. retouch base to it. Like, that was your business. Like, you were a financial advisor. And I always say, you know, it's the only place where, you know, multi-multi-millionaires will come in and take advice from someone making $100,000, $150,000. Yeah. And, um, but that's not real wealth. These guys are usually way more wealthier and way bigger net worth. And um, and that's what you were just saying is like, that's the game, right? It's yeah. like, uh, I want to be wealthy. I want to be the guys that are ha- that need the financial advisor. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Yeah, I mean, the whole method of trying to save up your money over 40 years, you know, and, and if you're only earning 6.5%, right? And then inflation is not 2 or 3% or 2% like they're saying lately. It's more like 4 or 5 You start to realize, I'm never going to retire dumping money in these mutual funds. Like, mutual yeah. funds suck, right? Like, they're yeah. high risk mediocre returns like i would much rather and high expenses high expenses yeah you're paying for salespeople to sell this crap to you because really dumbed down financial advising there's nothing fancy about it it's i felt funds like a insurance. fraud right so i mean that's my background too is it's like and you know i work for edward jones and edward jones i mean they teach yeah. you how to like sales that's your job is to sell f- front-loaded a shares yeah. right that's in mutual yeah. funds Growth Fund of America was our flagship fund. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew how to sell it, right? Yeah. 74 years of history. You yeah. Know? And, and like they had this nice graph chart. And if you would have invested back in 1933, yep. you know, here's what you would buy and hold. Just here's buy what you had 70 years later, right? And yeah. Exactly. And, um, but that's not what happens, by the no. way. Because when those dips happen, people come to the offices and say, sell it. <laughs> sell it all. And uh, and then they wait till it to go up, and they say buy it all back, <laughs> and they never get ahead, and that's why they're only making six percent or less. Yeah, and and then it's fee. If you saw all the fees mm-hmm. that they really charge, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's a thing is that you, know, you think about that model, right? I mean, the model if you only do earn say six and a half or maybe seven percent a year, you do the math and you factor in inflation and taxes, you start to realize. I got to save a half or a 100% of my income to retire on less than that income, right? Yeah. You really don't you don't you don't really make anything and you start to figure out that you could probably do it better on your own. You're probably a little smarter if you were just like why are you paying someone for this stupid advice? Yeah. When you could just go buy an ETF or exactly. you know, or, or something on your own and not pay anything, right? And do the same damn thing. And I'm even quoting an ETF, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean you get the advisors they usually don't even get the ETF returns, you know, and Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and that was that. It was a real estate investor that actually brought it to my attention. He used to be an advisor, and then he quit. He actually left my my team to go quit and do real estate investing. And he asked me a great question. He said, "Chris, how many, first off, how many of your clients are financially free?" I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" I'm like, not worrying about money. Like, I don't mean they're, they're retired. I mean they don't worry about money. Yep. None. He's like, "Great job, Chris." All right, well, how many of you guys as financial advisors, because if anyone has this figured out, and I know some of the guys in your office have been doing this since the late 70s, mid to late 70s, they should mm-hmm. be retired off of the investments, not the commissions, right? So how yeah. many of them are retired off of the investments they've been recommending, not the commissions? I was like, none. He's like, that's my point. He's like, that is the problem. And, and that's what got me out of that industry, right? And, and that's when... You know, I started getting introduced to new concepts, and I learned about that infinite banking. You know, Nelson Nash is like the grandfather of it. He just passed away recently. He was like 90 years old. Like, they all talk about it, but when they set it up for me, I remember I asked the guy that sold it to me because I remember I knew about insurance a little bit, right? Yeah. He told it to me, I said, 
can I overfund these? Can I put in more to accelerate the cash? His answer was, no, if you do, you'll lose your tax-free status. Well, when I, when I hit the recession, right, I, I was out of, the, out of the rat race in 2006. I was back in it in 2008 because I was gambling with my real estate and other stuff, you know. So I'm back in the rat race. and I'm like, I can't afford to pay this premium anymore. Because I couldn't afford to pay it, I lost that policy. Even though I put 25 plus grand in it, it, dis- it, it was gone. It was like the most expensive, crappiest term policy you could have ever bought, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, this sucks. You know? And what happened is about within that year, I started like searching for answers. Yep. And, uh, and I started talking to a few people and, and some other guys that were investors. And, and they're like, yeah, did you know you can overfund these? I'm like, are you kidding me? You can? They're like, Yeah. And, and I started to see they could. And back then, they only overfund, like, the, the costs were like 50% of your money in the first year, not 20, 50, mm-hmm. right? And I was yeah. like, that's huge. That's awesome. Right. Amazing. And, and so I went back to that guy. I ran my own numbers because I'm insurance licensed. I ran my own numbers against his, you know, with his, you know, what they call straight premium whole life, right? Where right. it's right. high cost at the beginning, but then you make money down long term. Yep. Like, well, you got to have the same death benefit because death benefit's important. I'm like, fine, I'll go play your death benefit game. Did that. I had more cash value, and I still ended with about the same death benefit. The biggest difference is I would not have lost my policy during the recession because there would have been cash paying for itself by that point, by that third year. Right. And I told, and I, I, I knocked down every argument he had. There was a two-hour screaming match I had with this guy in his office. Yep. Yep. The, the people outside the office, the assistants were freaking out. They're kind of nervous, wondering what's going on. Yeah. And and finally, when it got, came down to, after those two hours, it got down to one last objection. I was like, well, why would you do this knowing that I, I, this, everything I'm doing here matches all your reasons? He's like, Chris, I can't afford to cut my commissions that way. I was like, Bingo. there is the answer. That that's is you finally doing. were truthful. Exactly. He finally got down to the core of the truth. And that's what I'm finding. Even the guys that claim to be infinite bankers – they have this struggle because that's what they make their living off of, right? Like I'm making yes. my living off my investments and stuff, you know, off my residual and passive incomes, but they're making money off this. So there's always this struggle of, okay, well, I can give them a little bit, but maybe not the best. Even if they know how to do the best, which very few do know how to structure it just right. Yep. Even those few that do know, then they're like, well, yeah, but I cut my commissions back 75, 80%. Do I really want yeah. to do that? And so they might go in the middle. They might say, well, maybe I'll only cut it back you know, 67% not 75 or 80 right right and that's right. where i'll find people are like oh i got infinite banking policies and then we look at him i had one dentist right we looked at him and his wife's policies over the next 20 years you know they're putting 150,000 a year into these right right found out in the next 20 years even though they've already paid their dues in this these policies for the last five years or so switching it and changing it over they're going to make an extra two million dollars more in the next 20 years doing the same dollar for dollar comparison apples apples and they'll have $4 million of death benefit more. So wow. It's like, it's crazy. No brainer, right? Yeah. It, it becomes oh, a no brainer wow. if it's done right. But if it's done wrong, then yeah, it doesn't make yeah, sense. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, then that's the trick. So, because what you're getting at too, and, and this is what I know about you, is like you really offer people advice on, on what to do. It's not about, you come at it at the holistic approach, right? Yeah. Like, let me just figure out where you're at, what you want to do, and I'll give you some advice on, on what to do it. And, and even help you like your pro real estate and, and all that, you know, investing um, in something outside mm-hmm. the traditional stocks, bonds, mutual funds, like real assets with, with people 
Yeah. And, and this is the difference too, is that, and I found this to be really true, is when you're out there dealing with like real estate investors that go out and, and take people's money and use it to fund their deals. Yeah. You're getting somebody that's way more qualified than I would say a financial advisor. A financial advisor passed the test. But once they pass that test, most of them do not know anything about investing. Zero. And really making money grow. That's right. They're, they, know how to, they know how to make money as a salesperson, but they don't know how to make money investing. Yes, exactly. And so what you're saying is, listen, it's more important to have the relationship with people. And I think that's just kind of what you holistically do. And, and by the way, here's some other strategies that can make you money. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and set it up. And I think that's, that is entirely different from the world that you came from. Oh, yeah. Which was sell, 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 make the brokerage money, keep mm. the assets in the house, don't ever let it go, and make money at all costs. Because that's what the big firms are always doing. They yep. do not care about you. They just want your money. Yep. And they train their salespeople to do exactly what works for them, not for the client. And, they, the, and they've done such a good job marketing to make it believe it's for the client's benefit, haven't they? I mean, oh, like, dude. it's like, oh, yes. no, we're... This compound interest, this putting away, don't don't look at the markets. Don't follow the markets. In fact, just ignore it. Turn your brain off. Just let it do its thing, and it, it'll be there down the road. Don't worry. That's, yeah. that's BS. Like Anybody who does that in real estate investing won't have money. You know? No. Like, <laughs> you got to pay attention to your, all your baskets and all your eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that was. I remember... There was a time I met with a, a, a family member who was, came from a millionaire family, right? They, they were self-made millionaires in business. They were auto, owned auto, auto dealerships and whatnot. And I remember he saying, well, Chris, if I give you my money to play with like 10,000 bucks, you're saying you might make me 12%, which is not true. But I'm like, yeah, that, we, that's 1,200 bucks a year, Chris. But I could take 10 grand, put it in my business and make at least another 20,000 of profit in a few months. So why would I invest my money with you? And I went right yeah. back to my repertoire of everything that they taught me to say, well, you should be diversified. Besides, business is risky. You should put all your eggs in that one basket. You, know, you need to have money in other places. Basically, whatever I sell, that's where you should put it. Yeah, the insurance says you need more insurance. They got all kinds of insurance you can buy. <laughs> the stockbroker says you need to buy more stocks, right? Exactly. Um, and what you really want is someone to say, I understand the whole thing, and here's a good idea of holistically, because he could be right. Right, yeah, yeah. And, but he also could say, "Hey, listen, you're everything's in here. Why not have a different something?" But it's usually not stocks, bonds, mutual funds. It's no. usually a way, way different. So, yeah, and that's that's good knowledge, man. Listen, if people want to get a hold of you and figure out, uh, to, you know, all this this great information, where can they find you at? Yeah, first place they can go to is moneyripples.com. You know, m o n e y r i p p l e s dot com, right? Um, you can go there. You can check out my website, and you can contact me through there. Um, or you can even go follow my podcast. You know, I, yeah. Let's, yeah. What's your podcast? Yeah, it's called the Chris Miles Money Show. In fact, the last time I was on a year and a half ago, a guy just reached out to me this week, said, "Hey, I've been following you ever since I heard you on Corey Peterson's podcast a year and a half ago, and I've been binging your podcast and his too." I'm like, "Sweet. Well, then go there too." Yeah. So that's the, that's what I love about the podcast world. And really, man, for the people that they're listening, I mean, I try to bring really not just good guests, but great guests that I, that I think have high integrity, high value, for high sure. content. Um, and you know, this is the second time we've had Chris on because I think this, uh, you know, getting paid twice 
is a subject that that I wanted to explore and just kind of understand and and, and really share that to the audience because there's lots of ways to skin the cat and we need to be practicing the wealth, the way the wealthy invest, the way the rich people, what they really, really do, because they don't go to the stockbroker. They usually do this internally, mm-hmm. or they have someone that 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 totally takes care of them in that holistic approach. Yeah. And really, that's what Chris is is trying to be like a family office to yeah. all the people that he that he talks to. That's right. And there's yeah. a difference in that. Family office don't. They don't just go buy stock. They may have some stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, but if it is, it'd be pretty small. They're really about making investments in businesses and people and processes, and, and that's truly how rich people play the game. Yep, it's all about more of a consulting role versus that traditional salesperson role. Yeah, salespeople never win, dude. Like that's no. that's the truth. Most of the times, when you're sitting across someone that's selling stocks, bonds, mutual funds, do not you are not talking to an advisor, mm-hmm. okay? You are talking to a trained, and I'm saying Wudan Ninja level trained, whoa, <laughs> like IP man for trained, you know, ninja salesperson. That's right. And dude, they're good. Mm-hmm. Damn, they're good. But it's not always beneficial to you. Exactly. I totally agree. <laughs> Well, listen, guys, go check out uh, Chris's podcast. Uh, go check out his website. I think you'll find his stuff is truly uh, very valuable, very good, very crisp information. And any last words you want to give to the audience? You know, I'll just say this. Like, it's never about either or. and It's never an either or world. It's about an and world. How do we have both, right? You know, the, even the strategy we're talking about here, we still want you investing in real estate because you cannot win without it, right? Or whatever it is that you do. It could be your business, but... Don't fall for the traditional crap that doesn't make you money. It's high risk. Go for the things you can control. Go for the things that are real assets. And that's exactly what Corey's talking about on his show too. It's like the real assets are the, the people that invest in those things are going to be the winners. Everybody that's investing in paper crap, there will be the losers. Boom. Good job. Love it. Love it. Guys, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You know, I truly believe wealth starts. Wealth is created first in your mind. You have to start seeing yourself as a true entrepreneur, going out there, making a difference, you know, strapping on all those, you know, the people that are going to bring you what you need. It's really a team sport. Entrepreneurship and money making and wealth strategies is truly a team sport. But you've got to start with the idea in your mind. Because if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. 